Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Joel Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. Hey, this is Chris Winfield, the Super Connector. And if you want to screw your 9 to 5. And if you want to learn how to connect with the people that I know. You should be listening to Build Your Network. Build Your Network. With my good friend, Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode in the series Top Networking Tips. This is part nine, and it is with Jill Stanton and Chris Winfield. Jill is the creator and host of Screw the 9 to 5, which is an online brand that basically makes people quit their job in the good timing, which is what something Jill and I talk about in her episode, and uh, get started in the online space. And then Chris is just a super connector of people in the media world. He has so many connections with so many people in publications throughout all the New York City. So Jill and Chris are both absolute networking rock stars again, and I'm super, super stoked to bring their knowledge to you in this episode. But first, as most of you know, my previous mastermind came to an end very, very recently. And so there is the birth of a new mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. A dynasty is defined as a series of members of a family who are distinguished for their success, wealth, etc. And if that doesn't find what we are about to create with this movement, I really don't know what does. Trust me, this is going to be huge. If you have ever gotten the slightest bit of value from any of the conversations I've had with the rock stars on this show, and if you've ever wanted to be a part of a family that's set apart from the rest, I implore you to go to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to apply to be a part of this movement. This isn't just a network. 
It is a dynasty. Trust me, you will not want to miss out on this opportunity. And I like to reward action takers. So the initial pricing was really good for the first 10 people, and it is really good for the next 10 people. So the first 20 people that are jumping in are getting different pricing than the rest of the people who decide to jump into this opportunity. And we're already at 15 people. So there's only five spots left, everybody. So if this is something that you are at all interested in, then stop hesitating, take action, be a part of the dynasty. Head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to learn how you can get a free gift upon signing up. And I'll see you on the inside. And now enjoy Top Networking Tips Part 9 with Jill Stanton and Chris Winfield. Jill, can you tell us a story about a connection in your life that led to a moment of success for you? Mm, you which one i have some good buddies who are like i have some good friends in high places but i'm trying to think of like which one led to a specific profitable outcome like does it have to be money driven no or not, not at all not at all oh okay i mean the first one who comes to mind it's a tie it's a three way tie <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it would have to be their good buddies of mine is james webmore amy porterfield and john lee dumas And that trifecta right there, they're just so switched on and they've got so much integrity and the way they do things is all so different. That's what I love. Like James is super mindful and is a great leader. He is like really generous and giving and sincere in the way he runs his team, the way he builds his business, the things that he chooses to do. Amy is super switched on and strategic and fantastic when it comes to marketing and building an audience. I've never seen someone's audience who loves them more than hers. And John has this like militant work ethic. Like you will never find a dude with more focus than that guy. So I've learned so much from each of them that it's hard to equate one of them to a particular outcome because Mm -hmm. I've taken away so many gems just over the course of the years that we've been friends. Yeah, It's so hard to attribute one to just like one specific outcome, but like I'm grateful for all of those relationships for different reasons. So let me ask you a super hypothetical question here. Then, If you had never had any of those three relationships that you just talked about, how far behind do you think you would be in your business and your story and your career right now? At least a good few years. I'd probably be in the weeds a lot more than I am. Hmm. I'd probably be much more chaotic and messy behind the scenes because I've learned from them how to really finesse a team, how to be a good leader, how to be a manager of people, how to set boundaries, which is something I really struggled with because I'm a stage five clinger inside our membership. So I always want to be knowing all the things. (laughs) And for them, you know, they have really strong boundaries, all three of them. Like they aren't messing with the day-to-day operational in the trenches kind of tasks. So Mm -hmm. if I hadn't learned that stuff or if I hadn't been given quote unquote, the permission to kind of take a step back and focus on like leading the company in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. I think I still would have been making like maybe a hundred grand, a few, like maybe 200 because I would have been in the trenches doing the things versus focusing on finding people to fill those gaps, really setting boundaries, allowing for mental white space, you know, just like protecting Mm -hmm. myself and, and Josh and like what we want for our new little family we're cooking up. All of those little things have all come from insights and just conversations that I've had with those three. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with 
Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So with it being so important to get out and get to know people in your space, to build relationships, genuine actual relationships with people, why do you think that so many people just neglect to do it? Because I think they go into, I don't think they neglect to do it. I think they do it wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think people go in with a motive to get something out of the relationship. Yeah. And that is one thing I never went into. I never go into any relationship like that, but specifically with those three, I've actually never asked them for anything. Like I've never said, we should do a webinar together. Or we should do this together. I've never said that. I've always prioritized the connection and the relationship first. And I know that that stuff pays off. Yeah. You know, like James yeah. spoke at our event. John and Kate are the speakers at our first retreat. Amy and I have a great relationship and do each other's podcasts quite frequently. Like there are certain things that I quote unquote get out of it, but mm. I've never gone in with a motive to get something out of it. I've never taken more than I've given. I've always gone in with like, how can I give more than I take? How can I just be a real human right. and behave like you normally do yeah. in an offline setting? I think that's where people get tripped up because they're like, okay, how can I make the most of this introduction? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can show up and start being human. <laughs> just <laughs> be, be a real just be normal. Stop. <laughs> it's, I, like, it's so funny you say that because I was actually just in Australia with John and Kate right after and before I think that you guys were, I know you guys spent a couple of weeks out there. I saw them in New Zealand one time, and then we spent a lot of time together in Brisbane at the uh, podcast conference. Are you the dude who hosted the meetup with them? No, no, no. In Auckland? About? No, 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 no. I met up with them just for like a quick breakfast before they took off from oh. New Zealand to go to Australia because we were coming into New Zealand when they were going out of New Zealand. So we met up in... It was in Auckland. It was in Auckland, but it wasn't like the big meetup for, oh, for okay. his audience, though, if that's what you're talking about. 
Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And then you met up, what, you were there for We Are Podcast. For We Are Podcast, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and we I've, left the day before that conference, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I was looking forward to meeting you guys. And then they're like, oh, yeah, they just took off. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, yeah. never mind. I was so, dude, I was so pregnant and so over the peopling. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. There's lots of peopling that goes on at events, too. Yeah. So you wouldn't have had I much of a break. I just for a month straight. I was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we were at the event and by this point, I know John and Kate pretty well. I spent some time mm-hmm. out at his house and I've worked a couple of events for him, selling his freedom mastery journals and stuff like that. And so I was just kind of hanging out with them and he invited over, uh, Jordan Harbinger was there and then mm-hmm. Omar uh, Zenhome and Nicole yep. were there. I love me. Michael O'Neill, a couple other people in that circle and a bunch of people that I really wanted to get to know and hang out with. And obviously in podcasting, those are some of the biggest names that exist. And me being a relatively new podcaster, I was like, well, this is going to be awesome. And it was funny after I hung out, after I was done with the conference, I came back home. Somebody asked me like, Hey, did you learn a lot while you were there? When, when you got to like hang out with those people and have lunch with them and dinner, did you like learn a lot? I was like, honestly, I didn't really ask many questions about podcasting like now that I think about it, I just kind of, like you were saying, I just was kind of hanging out. just like being a person and just chilling and talking about life and where you're from and what do you do and how'd you get, no, that's crazy. And it creates such an actual, genuine, deeper relationship with somebody when you just try to get to know them as a person instead of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, so you're a big podcaster. Can I come on your show sometime? How would that work? I mean, they get that so much, right? you know, like be different by not being that guy. And you'll always stand out. Like, how much do you think John gets asked for advice? A lot. Oh my goodness. Like, I've seen people just fanboy out over him. And I'm just like, you guys need to reel it in. Oh, trust me. I'm the one taking pictures. (laughs) (laughs) When when I've worked those events and he's like signing journals, I'm always like the guy, here, can you take a picture real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) So yeah, no, I completely understand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you're saying. And you know what's crazy about this is that we're all just entrepreneurs. Right. Like, why is there this weird web celeb culture going on? Mm, Right. You know what I mean? They're just business owners. They've just been in the game longer. It's this like weird fan culture going on right now. And so people lose their goddamn minds over meeting a fellow entrepreneur (laughs) when you could just really be a normal person and get so much more out of that relationship. Because I tell you, when you go in and you treat them like they're not your peers, that oh, you're it, it changes off everything. At a disadvantage, you're start exactly, exactly yeah. what you said. So you're starting off at a disadvantage. Like there's no, how it, do you come you back? Automatic, exactly. Yeah, you automatically just put yourself in a subcategory in their brain yes. that says like, oh, you're oh, one of those cool. people. You obviously have a lot to learn, type thing. Like you're yes. just starting in a hole that you dug for yourself, instead of just coming across as exactly like you said, like a peer in. And the cool thing is like, once you build relationships with those kind of people and you offer a lot of value to them, they're like you said, they're just normal people. So like, they're going <laughs> to treat you like a normal person. And then they'll introduce you to other people mm-hmm. that are normal people too, that you can then hang out with and have a normal relationship with. And I think the big thing is Jill is that everybody looks at it too short term. Would you agree with that? I'm so happy you said that. Cause I was just about to interject and say, just play the long ball game. Hmm. And then you came out and said it way more succinctly. So yes, I do think, (laughs) I do think people go in with motives and like, what can I get out of this? Hmm. How can this benefit me? Right now, like Like not in five years from now, like, yeah. Like, how can I go home tomorrow with more money in my pocket because I met this person and shook their hands for the first time? Yeah, exactly. And that is where 
the true relationship building just freaking dies mm -hmm. because you're not actually going in to build a relationship. You're looking to take advantage of a situation. Yeah. And who wants to be friends with that? Right. Exactly. No one. That's who. <laughs> so would you say, so if I was to ask you to boil it down just to one, one tip, one like actionable tip that somebody listening right now can take into their next conference or their next meetup or whatever it may be, what would that one networking tip be? Chill the f out. <laughs> <laughs> Chill the f out and ask normal people questions. Like, don't go into it being like, so John, I have like a new podcast. What is the best way to hit new and noteworthy? Like, come on. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to say, join my program. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know what? I have a whole course on that. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Like, why not talk about something like that he would love? Providence. He's a freaking fanatic mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. all things Providence and right. football and basketball and all the things, you know, yeah. like go to where their interests are and start talking about that because that is going to break open a wall so much faster than asking for business advice. Like mm -hmm, right. no one wants their brains just used. And uh, this is a really bad word to use, but <laughs> no one wants to have their brain just like picked nonstop. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. They want to like everyone knows that we're going into events to be on. We all get that, right? We know that there's going to be questions, but it's the people who don't go in with the motives that stand out the most, right. which feels contradictory, but it's truly the case. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy talking to people who will just keep it real with me versus the people who are like, oh my God, um, I'm in your Facebook group and I just love, I want to know how do I get more people in my Facebook group? <laughs> Go through my free blog post. That's uh, yeah, I have like 38 okay. podcast shows on that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be teaching on today at the conference. So if you're listening, just take good notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Versus someone who's like, oh, I heard you live in Vancouver. I hear you have this like weird fear of ET or I hear Josh loves pugs or I hear you're having a baby. You're at, you know, like anything that is remotely shows that you put in some freaking effort right? and that exactly. you have a bit of knowledge on the person. And like, if that's what you're really wanting to build a relationship, do your homework. Don't just sit there and ask for advice and like try to get whatever scraps you can out of them. It just leaves such a bleh feeling. Right. Exactly. If you walk up to an influential person that you have not met before at an event, do you have like a second or third question that you typically ask or is it, do you just try to let things flow naturally? Yeah. I always just let things flow naturally. Also, I am very rarely going up to people being like, Hey, so-and-so my name's Joe Stanton from Screw the Night of Bath. You know what I mean? Like right. I typically wait for someone to introduce me, especially if I do want the in, I'd much rather have that come from someone who knows both of us. Now, Definitely. if that doesn't happen, I'll just somehow be this like weirdo floater who waits for an opportunity right. to come in and like crack a joke or just mm -hmm. like, I'm never going in with like being all formal, like, hello, I am Joe Stanton from screw the nine to five.com. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, sir? <laughs> right. Right. Like a reporter or something yeah, recording just, them right there. I'd much rather find them at a bar or something and buy them a drink or. That's exactly what I told. I think it was my wife. We were at Thrive. I was working mm. at John's booth at Thrive, uh, Cole Hatter's event. And Grant Cardone was standing right there in the back. He walked in when somebody was speaking. So most of the people were in the room listening and I was still at the booth. And there were other people that came up. Some of the other like vendors or whatever came up, like took pictures with him or whatever. And my wife was like, don't you want to meet him? And I was like, 
yeah, but I just feel like there's a better way to do it than this. You know, like there's already people coming up, taking pictures with them, like handing out free stuff and like all this other stuff. And I just don't want to put myself in that category the first time I shake the dude's hand because he's probably not going to remember it anyway. So if you're not going to be memorable, then why are you going to go waste an opportunity to begin with? So, and again, I think it comes back to the whole long game thing is that Mm -hmm. that most people, when they see that opportunity, they're like, I'm never going to have an opportunity to shake this guy's hand ever again. (laughs) You know? And it's like, so I'm going to go up to him and talk his ear off and ask him 38 questions and take a picture yeah. with him and like treat and him see like he's do a webinar J-Lo. with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I was just like, you know what? I'd rather just get an introduction sometime from somebody that I know that knows him, or I'd rather like yeah. be at his event where I've spent yeah. money on his products and he has a reason to like add value to me now. Like I just, there's so many different scenarios. It would be a better situation for me to be in um, to create a better first impression. Cause first impressions only happen once. I agree. And like where I met John and Amy was at an event. Like I paid for, essentially paid for access. It was Chris Ducker's first ever tropical think tank. And we were living in Asia at the time. And Josh and I were like, well, this is a no brainer. And that's how I struck up those friendships. You know, I just, I went in, I was just chill with them. I knew Chris beforehand. He he was like, I'll introduce you to them. I just chatted with them when we were all having drinks. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I asked one business question for the first three out of five days. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then I eventually like, as we had a good rapport, we had really hit it off. I eventually asked them if they would do a quick video with me, but that was the only ask I went for, right. you know, and right. that was essentially to put them on our platform, not that they needed it, but like to shine a light on what they were yeah. doing for right. audience. Right. So I was exactly. never going for anything that would just benefit us. It was kind of sort of reciprocal in that. Right. <laughs> right. Not that they needed at the time, the few thousand <laughs> <laughs> email subscribers or anything, but I at least tried to do something that would be beneficial to Add both of us. some value instead of subtract. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so true. So tell us about a time besides the story you just told about Thrive Global, where a connection in your life led to a big moment of success or maybe an aha moment for you. Every single day, Travis, to be completely honest, like I literally just got off a call while I was two minutes late to this call. And it was with somebody who runs one of the largest conference series and that just this amazing, you know, impact that this has. And, you know, they get 2,500. The next one will have 5,000 people. And, you know, that was a relationship. Somebody introduced me to him about a year ago. And then we just stayed in touch. Nothing really crazy came about it. We then met again at a different conference. I met him and his girlfriend, really connected with them, stayed in touch. And, you know, right now it just will, I think now turn into something that will be an absolute, like the offer he just gave me will be an absolutely amazing opportunity for me. You know, I think I'll bring tremendous value to his community and, you know, that stuff happens every single day. Now that stuff happens every single day if I am looking and believing that. Now it can just as quickly go to the opposite side where if I, and this is, I think one of the interesting things for me at least is that if I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. There's nothing out there. There's no opportunity. Guess what? I'm not going to be good enough. There's not going to be any opportunity. None of that stuff happens. Like I'm such a believer in that. And, you know, I don't care who else is or what people think about mindset or anything. I know for myself, 
as an entrepreneur, as somebody in, you know, who each day, it depends on where I'm at mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like it makes such a big difference how I'm looking at that each day to each hour. Like my bank account is directly affected by my mindset. Like there's, I make, there's no illusion about that for me. Right. So tell us about some ways. So I know you're talking about at the beginning about some different things that you always try to add value to somebody when you're first meeting them, when you're first chatting with them. And there's never a hidden agenda behind that. Give us some ways, like some more practical ways. Like what does that exactly mean? Like how do you just go add value to somebody without them thinking like, is this person just, you know, seeing what they can do for me so that they can ask me to do something for them? What are some practical ways that you can make that happen? Well, I think one of the most important ones is to, in terms of like, all right, let's say you're talking to somebody, you have a meeting or a call or whatever. You want to know one of the easiest, most effective ways to figure out how you can add value to people. Ask them questions, ask them questions about themselves, actually get to know them. You'll hear everything in that conversation if you're willing to listen, because guess who people like to talk about? They like talking about themselves. So I think that there's like always like this idea that we have to go and be so prepared or, you know, know exactly what we're going to do to help somebody. And that's not the way that I look at it. I'm more where I want to get to know them. I want to get to understand what they're all about. And, you know, then I can figure out from there, like literally, like while somebody's talking, I'll know ways to help them. Or maybe there's nothing I can actually do to help them. You know, it's very rare, but I think that there's, you know, it comes down to that. You know, I was at this event on Friday and there was a guy there who, you know, he just has this amazing business. We didn't even get a chance to actually talk. I had connected with him afterwards and I said, you know, I'd love to talk and learn a little bit more. He knew enough about me to say, okay, cool. We got on the call. I didn't know what the hell I was going to be able to do to help him out. Mm-hmm. And when we started the call, I didn't even know much about his business or, you know, anything. And this is like, it's a serious, like what he's doing, it's like, it, it's big. And we had a 30 minute call scheduled. We wound up talking for 53 minutes. He talked for most of these. I just kept asking questions. Because I'm interested. You know, I yeah. think like being curious and like actually caring about people. Genuinely like, interested. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, you know, by the end of that though, there was very specific things that I told him that I could help him with there. He offered me some amazing things that I wasn't expecting or anything like that. And, you know, we'll see what comes from that. But it is that. And, you know, I think another thing is one thing that I believe is that enthusiasm is really underrated. And, you know, by showing up and being excited and like actually caring and that making it sound like you care because that's what people, they want to be seen, they want to be heard. And that's a really, really important thing just to remember. Give us one networking tip, Chris. So like if somebody just tuned in and they're about to shut this thing off, one tip that you would narrow it down to, what would it be? Well, I hope if they just tuned in, they're not just going to shut it off right away. <laughs> so it Depends on how but, good this tip is, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest one <laughs> is actually make connections with people. Like this sounds so dumb, but I think like I meet with lots of different people and they ask me like, how do you actually build your now? How? And then I, I say like, are you reaching out to people? Like, are you just making that first contact or that second contact? 
it sounds so dumb, but we all know it's all about that. It's all like your backgrounds in sales and you know, it's like always a numbers game. Like, but if you're not making that outreach, like, or you're thinking, Oh, this person's too busy. Why would they want to hear from me? Or they're too important or anything like, guess what? Like they're going to be too busy. They're going to be too important. Like you can't get something you don't ask. And I don't believe that like everything is so simple in life. Like this, it's so simple. That doesn't mean it's easy because like on the other side of reaching out to somebody or, you know, whatever is, you know, the fear of rejection or being ignored or whatever, but having, and not reaching out just like on mass, like, you know, and sending out like email, but like, just like if there's somebody you want to get to know, figure out what makes them tick, you know, what they're interested in, what you could potentially do to help them, how you could connect with them. Like if there's somebody you really want, where are they going to be? Like what conference, what book sign, like get there, you know, like if it's like the thing that I always believe is like the extra mile is never crowded. And now more than ever, that's true because like, it's so easy to do things. It's so easy to send a Facebook message. It's so easy to you know, not have to like get rejected or, you know, whatever that it's awesome. Like, you know, everyone's focused on Facebook ads. Great. I want to focus on relation. I want to focus on media. Like, you know, the things that other people are ignoring, like that's the unfair advantage stuff. And those are the things that I, you know, go back to basics like that. Nothing changes in the world, you know, like things that worked a thousand years ago still work today. (laughs) You know, it's it's insane. So for those out there who have a crippling fear of rejection, what would be your advice to them? Like, how do you handle rejection? Get over it. You know, it's really that simple. So it's the thing that I would say is, what are you like thinking about from a regret standpoint or anything? But, you know, the it's again, like, just think of it from a numbers perspective. And every, you know, the old sales thing, every no is a step one closer to a yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who cares? Like, you know, what's going to matter to you more? Like somebody who ignored you or somebody who said no, or that opportunity or that thing that you didn't go or seeing somebody like doing something that you were like, oh, I meant to do that. I meant to reach out to that person. Like, why is this person getting to do that? And just like not, you know, taking yourself so damn seriously, you know, and that's like a really important thing for me to remember is like, I I get rejected from things all the time. I, there was a, like that, I gave you all these stories. There was also people that I met on Friday that I reached out to after and, you know, one completely ignored me. That's fine. You know, like it's all good. Like like, it bothers me for a moment. And then what I have to remember is like, that's just my ego. That has nothing to do with the actual And, you know, I also can't get inside somebody's head. I don't know what else they have going on. And, you know, exactly, exactly. I think people take it like so personally, like they're thinking that this person just blew them off because they think they're better than them. And then they just get this like complex and then they don't want to ask anybody anymore. But really, it could have just been like they just got some bad news on the phone and they're just trying to make it to their hotel room without breaking down and crying or like, you know, what I mean? like there's just so many things that happen and people just take it so seriously and take it way, way too personally. So has it always been like kind of natural for you, Chris? Like, have you always been like the persistent type to be like, ah, who cares? I'm just going to keep going for it. Or was it something that you had to learn after like dealing with rejection a couple of times and like moving forward from there? 
Yeah, it, that did, definitely does not come naturally. So my mind want like if let's say I'm giving a speech and there's a hundred people in the audience and 99 of them absolutely love it. And one person's like, you know, looking away, could care less, you know, whatever. And my mind wants me to ignore the 99 people that are amazing, like that had a great time, got something out of it and focus on that one person who was completely <laughs> disinterested. Yeah. So what I'm saying by that is no, it like my mind, you know, would love, and especially like my ego would love for me to focus on, you know, the rejection and focus on, you know, somebody ignoring me rather than like somebody saying, you know, oh, you're like this. So help me. So it doesn't come naturally, but that's where like other things and like having a daily practice and things like meditation and gratitude lists and all the different things that I do on a daily basis. And also surrounding yourself with people that, you know, you can say that to and be like, oh, you know, this person completely ignored me or, you know, rejected me or whatever. And, you know, hear somebody else say, oh yeah, that happened to me all the time. And then you go, or, and that happened to me exactly with that person. And, yeah. you know, or didn't you know that he had this going on or whatever? And then you're like, oh, I guess I'm not the only one, you know, right, that right. we all have that feeling, you know? Exactly. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show because they're literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is something that you are interested in at all, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you'd be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to fill out an application and we'll talk soon. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.